no, notice notice my my mug i got the, the little microphone on there yeah look at you a podcast mug i'm a podcaster oh oh podcaster Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Sideways in Time. As always, I am your host, Lucha Chris. And over to my right. I'm gonna get this right one of these days. Over to my or is that left to you? I don't know. Anyways, the always hilarious, the always bearded, the always stoetic, the always poetic, the always uh Patriot Pat. What's going on, mate? Patriot Pat. I'm just, I don't know why I screw up your intro so bad every time. I don't know, but okay, okay, here's here's a little behind the curtain thing. Uh Luch and I will chat for a couple of minutes before the show and and everything comes out fine. And then as soon as we hit record, we're gonna I've been that way my entire life. Uh, no, I'm doing I'm doing great. Um I wanna kick off the show with a shout out to both my kids. Uh, they had pretty, they had pretty big successes this week. My my daughter Olivia, she lives in Arizona with her husband. Um, uh, she uh, she just got a new job where she's gonna be like doing something. She's telling me about it. She's gonna be like building stuff for like NASA. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, and uh, rocket ships. Yeah, so, something I don't know. Uh, and. Uh, Awesome. So, you know, and she, she's getting a really good, you know, she's getting really good pay. In fact, she texts me what she's getting paid. I was like, that's nice. And then she texts me a week later. She's like, oh, they screwed up about my pay. She's actually getting paid more. Um, she want to sponsor the podcast? I know, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Olivia that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Sideways in time. And then my son, Simon, a big shout out to him. Uh, he was a kid who was like me in school, hated school. It was a subject who liked. He excelled at it. But getting in through high school, kicking and screaming. Um, you know, finally got him through while well, he's going to uh, college now to get his uh, certification to be an air conditioning mechanic. And uh, uh, he completely killed it this first time and he got his EPA certification. Um, so yeah, he is all nice. set by December. By December, he'll be rocking and rolling and getting ready to, uh, yeah, cool the world. Um, uh, so <laughs> So yeah, I, I just want to shout out to my kids. Um, yeah, they they did great. And you know, if you want to give us a, if you want to send a shout out to my kids for how proud you are of them, you know, it's it's right down there below me, gone Patrick uh, on the Twitter, and and I will appreciate it. And I will read it to my kids with a, a smile on my face and a song in my heart. Congratulations, little little <laughs> Patriot Pats. You're doing great. Awesome. Well, uh, hey, how about you start us off today with a, uh, a joke of the week? Okay, well, this isn't so much a joke as a true story. So oh, um, as some of you, some of you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit older, if you can't tell by the beard. A shout out to my wife. She trimmed my beard up. If, you, if you're looking at it, it's a little neater down here. Uh, we but, all uh, were. We were all looking at it. Uh, yeah, well, you can't miss it. I mean, it's fucking mop on my face. Um, so uh so yeah i'm a little older uh so you know i went to the doctor recently and uh doc was like uh 
you know, doing a full physical and stuff is that time of year. Now, when, when you're, when you're under 40, um, you know, going to the doctors, basically, you know, freaking band-aids and lollipops. Once you get, get past 40, um, the, uh, doctor's visits can become more invasive, especially at a physical. Okay. So doctor's checking me out. He you know, does everything in this and that. And everything's fine. He said, he's like, oh, everything's looking great and stuff. You know, we'll draw your blood and, uh, uh, you, know, and you know, get the results back and everything. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, but while you're here, let's check your prostate. And I'm, what, what, what? While I'm here, that this isn't this isn't like Walmart, Doc. It's not like you know, while I'm getting groceries, like get a you know snow tires and a rifle. Uh, you know, this is this is my uh, my nethers we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, my my very private spot. So he's like, oh no, you're you're over forty and stuff. So we got to check this. Oh, okay. So he goes, you know, he goes in, he checks it out and stuff, and uh, you know, it was it was not not fun. Uh, I I swear the dude had bratwurst fingers um but uh (laughs) but uh yeah yeah the back of my throat tickled um but he gets done and uh he said uh he said i'm sorry if that was a bit uncomfortable and my response was it's okay i've had worse not what you're thinking not i've had worse things in in my bum i meant i've just had worse things happen to me in my life compared to that um but then i was thinking like you know well you know a couple of years when i got to get my physical again maybe maybe i'll have some fun with it you know like maybe i'll be like oh let me let me check your prostate and i'll be like oh well first let me call my mom and get her on speakerphone uh you know (laughs) or or uh or maybe uh you know he he says uh you know while he's checking checking my prostate and stuff and i'm like oh daddy uh but but I think what I'm gonna do is uh, is I'm gonna hide prizes up there. Oh, so, nice. you know, he's, so he's yeah, so he's up there and he's like, oh yeah, everything feels fine. And what the hell is this a decoder ring? And then I'm bent over with my ass plate <laughs> with my ass plate, and I'm like, I guess somebody else is getting the whistle. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, it, how much shit you got up there, man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, can put, you can put this in there if you want. What what the hell is it? It's Jr. <laughs> put Jr. You can put it's Jr. A in, in my ass. Hell yeah. 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 Good lord, he broke him in half. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff, Patrick. I got my podcaster mug. I got I got my podcaster coffee mug. This fucking <laughs> shit's gone off the rails. We're ten minutes into it. And I'm I'm a moron. Actually five minutes in um so <laughs> moving on <laughs> uh we're gonna go into a little of uh pro wrestling in today or t- words today in pro wrestling history jesus so uh as of today we're recording this september 29th 2021 on september 29th 1998 d brown defeated x-pac in a European title match in East Lansing, Michigan to win the European title, heavyweight title for the second time with the help of Mark Henry who rammed X-Pac into the ring post to set up Brown's top rope splash for the win. That's back when the European title actually meant something for like a split second. There was actually some badass wrestlers who were trading the, the, the European uh, championship for 
I don't know, two years probably at, at most before it became just another random title. Yeah, but, it was a, it was a decent third tier title. Um, yeah, uh, but now uh, yeah, with NXT UK, it's it's got a whole new aura about it. But right. uh, but yeah, back then back then you know it it, it was it was pretty cool. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, you got to showcase a lot of uh, uh, unshowcased talent, I guess you know. So all right, and so. Uh, little different than uh, the previous weeks. Um, we're going to change up the lineup of, of how we do the show just a little bit. Usually we'll wait for the intermission to do this, but I think it kind of transitions very nicely into the rest of the show. So for our curtain jerker this week, we're going to jump straight into uh, JCB of Band from Ringside Podcast's rant of the week. Uh, he's heating up, as, as I like to try to call it, but it's not really working. Um, and... Uh, we, you're going to hear from him right now. So sit tight and enjoy. He's heating up. This is banned from ringside. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell, back with my weekly rant. This week's rant is based on the finish of Extreme Rules with Finn Bauer, a.k.a. the Demon in this case, versus Roman Reigns. This was obviously an Extreme Rules match. I thought it was pretty good all the way up until the lights went red and you saw Finn Bauer convulsing. His music came on and then this match took a weird twist. I get that the demon is supposed to have these recuperative powers or whatever. And, you know, he's been undefeated on the main roster and all this other good stuff. Then how in the hell is a faulty turnbuckle the finish to this match if he came back through all of this leading up to this point got off the mat and then basically felt like he was getting ready to win the match and a faulty turnbuckle is the way we finish this match that's some bullshit okay you should just put finn bauer out there not the demon just finn bauer himself and just let him go out there take the l and been done with it now you just compounded the problem because you got marks out there that are not like me they're thinking that finn bauer is deserving of something nobody is deserving of anything okay I'm sorry, I just can't take that as something that is a thing, you know what I'm saying? Nobody is deserving of anything. Vince makes that call. If Vince feels like he can make money off of you, then you are the chosen one. See Roman Reigns, see John Cena, so on and so forth. If you took a shit on the exploding barbed wire match, you should get another roll of toilet paper and take a dump on this too. This is your boy JCB. I'm out. This is banned from ringside. All right. So uh, I can't say that I disagree. Um, I just have one question, though. And again, thank you, JCB, at BFRJCB on Twitter, at BFRPod on Twitter. Uh, I uh, Do you think the rope spot was a work? Or do you think that was an accident? Because the way, no, he, I, it, the way he sounded is that maybe it was it was supposed to happen. I have to admit... I didn't watch extreme rule or normal rules, whatever they're calling it now. I I, I didn't watch it either. Um, and uh, uh, sidebar, I don't know if it's a disservice to not watch, you know, to have a wrestling podcast and not be watching 
WWE. I'm just, it, you know, like I've said many times, I'm like a jaded girlfriend. Um, but I've uh, read about it and heard about it so much. And what, when I read what CBS Sports did the recap of Extreme Rules, <laughs> the top rope broke. I mean, the whole thing was hokey with the whole, you know, him coming back to life and music playing in the middle of a fucking match. Was, Which, yeah, uh, there are some people that thoroughly enjoyed it. My brother, uh, Lucha Chef on Twitter, uh, he loved the music playing through and, and, and like, like Jason said, you know, he does have this ability that the demon has this ability to kind of Hulk up, you know, it's basically essentially what it is, is him hulking up, um, when he's getting to the point where he's down and out, but the rope part is the confusing part. I can't tell whether or not that was actually supposed to happen or not, but it's in no, kayfabe. I, 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 I think it was work. Um, I, yeah, I, it was really weird. Because what afterwards Roman pointed to the heavens. So it was like, uh, you know, it, you know, yeah, good versus evil, you know, and in Roman's eyes, he's good. Um, Which and, makes sense. And, uh, so, you know, yeah. And then you have the demon who, I mean, is a fucking demon, you know, uh, right. and uh, so, so, you know, him pointing to the heavens, like, like, you know, God was his tag team partner. Um, in well, that we all know though that God's favorite wrestler, his favorite champion, is Miro. But it's fine; it doesn't have to make sense. I, I do, I do have something about that. So, so if God's favorite champion is Miro, and Sammy is the wrestling god, is Sammy's favorite wrestler Miro? I would believe so. I mean, you and know, then Fuego I del Sol. If uh, uh, you know, A plus B equals B plus C, does A equal C? Right, exactly. Or Scott Steiner. You get math on Sideways in Time. What wrestling podcast do you get fucking algebra? Scott Steiner, you know? if you if you want to get on the show and uh and uh learn oh, some yeah, math. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're well, all about I got a friend, friend of the show, Scott Steiner. Uh, that's a lie. Uh, so yeah, he would never ever. He's be right up there with Cody. The <laughs> right with all the Codys. All the Codys. So um, so yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting if if what they did was to have that rope break uh, as a way to get him to to get to the spear and ultimately beat him. <sighs> like like JCB said, I did see watch I did watch parts of this match because it's one of the only, look I've gone on record as saying I am not a fan of the demon whatsoever. And this is coming from me. I was an Undertaker mark. I like the Bray Wyatt stuff. You know, like I love all the supernatural, weird, dark characters in wrestling. I don't know why. I think like if I would have watched him in Japan as the demon, I would have liked it way more because it was less of the like weird streamer dreadlocks. And like, I don't know. There's something about it. I just can't stand it. Finn Balor, on the other hand, I fucking love. So this match was intriguing. For me, I just I you know that finish is just kind of fucking whack. So, did he invent the? I thought he invented the demon in NXT. No, well, it, it I think or, or it being called the demon, it. you know, and kind okay. of the whole package was created in NXT. But he was doing this demon paint stuff in Japan. Okay, I gotcha. I I didn't I didn't know him in Japan. In fact, uh, I I didn't even have cable when he debuted in a. Uh, uh, NXT and uh, main right. roster and stuff, and it, it was so bad that uh, um, I would just read about it on uh, one of the you know, one of the some site, um, and uh, I I thought his name was pronounced Finn Balor. Um, yeah, my, my brother says 
every once in a while says like something like that yeah along those lines yeah and uh, then i the first time i heard it and i'm like that's not right because for like a year and a half in my head i was like it's finn Balor. so um <laughs> yeah uh and, and i'm irish i thought that sounded more irish than finn balor um but anyway <laughs> i digress that, uh, that could be us fucking it up too you never know yeah the uh i don't know the, the rope break thing hokey but at the same time it's better than having jay and jimmy run in and help uh roman again um it is a new way of finishing the match i haven't seen something like that so i'll give them that but and and i like real nice i mean i like the shtick excuse me uh i like the shtick of uh roman being you know believing he's unstoppable yet he constantly has to have some kind of help i i absolutely love that uh Roman's that makes it, it, it keeps work. him the heel the heel work fluid mm-hmm. because otherwise i mean that's true heel shit yes he's good enough to beat these people we've seen him do it as a face but as a heel to be the heel he has to fucking claim to be the yeah. best when we know he's not you know that's yeah so so i'm i'm really digging that um so you know this was this was another way to and yes it does protect the demon um that you know he yeah he lost but it wasn't uh it wasn't a clean loss you know something technically yeah yeah so uh i but i'm a huge fan of the demon unlike you i i absolutely love it i love the uh i love the the change to the music with the heartbeat and then the oh i love that too yeah i love that part but i love the pomp and circumstance i love how he changes the paint up um yeah i like what he the one match where he had the giant eye on his back that was pretty cool um so I don't know. I, uh, I, and you know, like, you know, I'm a huge Finn fan and, uh, um, that, yeah, I, I don't like how they're using him. <laughs> so I don't, and yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure anybody... why they, I'm not really sure why they brought him up from NXT other than the fact to get him off of what they knew was probably going to become the new NXT. Uh, yeah. but there's not really anything for him right now. There's nowhere for him to go. I mean, they could drop him back down to like the, the upper mid card, but even then they've got, they've actually got some decent stuff going on on the upper mid card right now. So. And he's too good for that. (laughs) I mean, not like, you know, Eagle wise. I mean, like talent wise, he's so fucking good. And not to say that I want to see him jump to AEW like anybody else that leaves. Like, obviously they would all work well over there because they're all doing, you know, the people that have are doing very successful, mostly in AEW. But I don't think WWE is the place for Finn Balor anymore. I think there are, there are other places for him to go to get, to be top guy material even if he's not the one with the championship, he could go back to the Japan. He could go to AEW. He could go to him. I mean, he could literally go anywhere and shine. It's the same with when Kevin Owens finally decides what he's doing with his contract. There's, you know, he's one of those wrestlers that's beyond what WWE is capable of using him for. Mm-hmm. And they could use him yeah. for anything, but he's better than that. And this is, should be his prime, you know? So yeah, it, yeah it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so that whole that whole finish was really strange. Again, you know, like you said, you did bring up a valid point that it is a different finish than we're used to. So I'll give them that. Uh, I just wasn't fully convinced whether or not it was a work spot with the rope. But why wouldn't it have been? That doesn't. If that would have happened, we'd have been hearing a whole nother 
backlash about what happened. So, uh, yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and head into our intermission of the evening. Um, I was going to go into some rampage grand slam results, uh, but we're going to start running a little short on time. So I'm just going to kind of breeze through a couple things. Uh, CM Punk had his first match in on TV in seven years against uh, powerhouse Hobbs uh, from team Taz. And um, this has been a pretty intriguing little storyline. Obviously Punk is still going with the whole, I want to, help make the new guys which i'm intrigued is good like i there's i see nothing wrong with it um it, this was a dope match even though it was you know because hobbs kind of had the upper hand the majority of the match and then obviously punk started to kind of gain the momentum towards the end there um yeah and hobbs ran hobbs Go ahead. hobbs showed me hobbs showed me a lot in that match because um he was i uh Opening the show, opening a big show, uh, in uh, you know Arthur Ashe Stadium, a two-hour, a two-hour uh, rampage. Two-hour rampage. You slash. are you're the standard bearer. Yeah, and look what they did on Dynamite in, previously. They did with the with, yeah. the with the Brian Danielson Omega match, and then on Rampage they start with this. Like, but yeah, uh, you know, with uh, I mean uh, Omega and Danielson, um, is there? It, it, there's no doubt it's going to be a banger. With Hobbs, because he's fairly new to the really you know, know national scene, you don't know. And he showed me, he showed the world, he showed everybody. I mean, if you got on Twitter afterwards, yep. everybody was congratulating him. He is going to be a huge player another year or so. I you know, I see a lot of these young guys that you know they're uh, they're they're building them up, and yeah, AW in 2022-2023 is going to explode with uh I agree. with talent i agree um, um ultimately so yeah i was i was impressed with him we had hook up on the on the rope uh hobbs ran into him when punk moved uh the distraction allowed punk to hit the gts for the win fucking dope and like you said exactly what they're trying to do with cm with bringing him in and what he said he wants to do being here was showing a guy like hobbs as you said that we've seen a lot but this really showed what he can do uh, on a much yeah. larger scale. And on a show, yeah, you... the AEW doing these uh, every so often, like special TV shows. I love it. One's the Grand Slam, and then they do all those other ones. Yeah, Blood that, and Guts and all that. Right. And Road exactly. and... Like, it's perfect. It's like we get little free pay-per-views. They treat mm -hmm. it like it's a big deal. And because of that, this being the opening match, fucking AEW doing AEW's thing, man. Uh I'm going to skip over a few things again for time because for some reason we talked about extreme rules uh, for longer than three minutes. Um, we were more extreme and we than were, shit. the pay-per-view was. My nine-year-old niece is more extreme than that pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just say um, it was a badass it was a badass show. It was They had the extra hour attached. I'll go through the card. I'm not going to go through any details. We had uh, Suzuki and Gunn versus Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Obviously, love the finish to that. Obviously, a great match. And, uh, Anna J versus Penelope Ford. Uh, we had Hardy Family Office versus Lucha, Lucha Bros and Santana Ortiz. Fucking can't go wrong there. 
and then there was the men of the year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, uh, which was kind of funny to be honest. Cause we had the, uh, we had what Dan lamp Lamper was a big part of this. Dan like, Lambert. Yeah. He is so good. I, I don't care what anybody says. I fucking love him. And then, uh, and then we had the young bucks, Adam Cole versus Jurassic express and Christian, um, Overall, uh, I think next week we need to focus a little more on AEW than we do the fucking uh, the uh, the WWE the uh, inter- the no, World Wrestling Entertainment. It, but don't say wrestling, the, but it's still in this, our name. Anyways, what WSE World WSE, Sports Entertainment? What they should have done. Um, my my couple of quick notes on uh. Dynamite and Rampage because we recorded this the day Dynamite aired. Right. Um, uh, uh, they, uh, I, I know why they're doing it um, uh, to protect Jungle Boy, but I am sick of Luchasaurus eating all the pins. I saw you. I saw <laughs> you put that out on Twitter. Dude, it's just. I mean, yeah, okay, Kane Fabes as a dinosaur, but I mean, he's six foot five. You know, 275 pound monster. And, and I, I'm sick of him eating all the fucking pins. Um, I, I I love him. He's one of my favorites. He's my wife's favorite. Um, in fact, she got she got a uh, Luchasaurus shirt. Um, I uh, saw that. I saw that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was her birthday. I got it for her for her birthday. Um, which, if you're ordering anything from Pro Wrestling Tees, expect three Delays. three and a half weeks yep. um and then uh from uh dynamite the uh malachi black cody rhodes match uh for one the fact that uh uh cody rhodes i would just straight up homelander um oh yeah and, with, with the cape and everything like yeah dude. I, I i see him and brandy doing that you know kind of authority figure the holier than thou thing um then uh you know why are you turning on me i've given you all this you know being that kind of heel but uh the one spot I noticed uh, when Arn got up on the apron and he was in the wrong spot he and he fell. tried to shuffle around and he fell and yeah, they his... cut to him and I went, holy shit, Arn just fell on the ground. And you see him like getting up, they pan to him and then cut away right away. And then he hopped up back on the apron on the right side. And, uh, you know, I don't, what happened, I don't know. What happened was he was going, instead of, being on the apron on the other side, getting down, walking over to the other side and getting back up on the apron. He tried to shimmy his way around shimmy. the turnbuckle yeah. on the outside and his belly, which I can only say because I know less than five years in the future, I'm going to have this problem, but his belly got in the way of the shimmy because his arms aren't long enough. And he fucking He's lost his dad bod. He does. And he lost his fucking yeah. his finger grip and he fell, uh, and then uh, give it just one second here. Okay. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be a, a spot, but obviously the spot of him getting hit on the apron was, was a thing, but I don't think the first. Yeah. Part... That's what I'm, I'm wondering if he got up on the wrong side and then there, you know, it was it like, no, be. you got to move. And, you know, um, it, cause you know, the way they set up the finish, you got the, you know, the, the black mist and he had that hiding under the ring where he was. So, you know, oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, I don't know if it was a miscue. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he just, uh, I think he just accidentally fucked up. Maybe he had some popcorn grease on his fingers, you know, fucking eating some popcorn backstage or one of those. But, ice cream, yeah, I, and I felt bad bars. for him because I did too. <laughs> I did too. I, I love, I love Aaron. He's a fucking legend. And, 
<laughs> so just seeing that, and it, you know, I laughed my ass off, but I felt bad doing it. <laughs> I mean, it, dude, when anybody falls, it's. I watched one time my grandma. This was many years ago. We were at a family function barbecue. And there's a sliding glass door. And my grandma had a plate full of food and wasn't paying attention to the door and ran plate and body first into the door, smashing the plate all over her shirt. <laughs> like, and I lost my shit. And all the rest of the family's like looking around like, oh, this isn't, this shouldn't be funny, right? And I didn't give a fuck. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and the, I only justify that because when I'm old, if I make it that long, and I run into a fucking sliding glass door with a plate full of food. If no one laughs, I'm leaving. I'm going home. <laughs> Fuck everybody in that family. You're going to turn around and be like, God damn it, I did this for you. Yeah, this is prop I, comedy, you assholes. Yeah, it's fucking. So, yeah, don't don't play around. Like, this, this is. It, it, when someone falls, it's fucking funny. So, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all in all, Rampage was. Uh, the Rampage Grand Slam edition was awesome. The extra hour was was cool not necessary but i'm glad they did it they were able to kind of build on a little a couple extra things i, I enjoy it for a special occasion like that if they do it you know three four times a year i'm cool with that you know I agree for like you know if they do blood and guts and uh do it on both shows or something like you know special occasions i i dig that um okay all right so uh, now moving on to the mid card of the evening we are going to do our Mount Rushmore this week, uh, which was, I think, voted on by Twitter, right? Or did we come up? No, with I just I, uh, I I just texted you. You're like, what okay. should we do for Mount Rushmore? And so what we did do though was, uh, so we're gonna do our Mount Rushmore of tough guys, legit tough guys in pro wrestling. Uh, but we did we do, post it on Twitter and got right. a lot of response. So we're gonna we're gonna no, you're good. We're gonna go ahead and give those shout shout outs uh, at the end after we give ours we had a few people give us their Mount Rushmore of legit tough guys. And I think every time we do a Mount Rushmore, we're going to go ahead and post, uh, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and post, see what you guys think. So we can kind of add you into the discussion. So, uh, you got your, your, uh, your Mount Rushmore ready to go, Patrick. I do. All right. Let's hear I it. Do. Okay. Uh, number, number one, it, it should be everybody's number one, Ming, Haku, whatever you want to call him, Tonga. Um, just, Read the stories about him. He bit a dude's nose off at a bar fight because he's like, oh, you got to do that fake shit, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's been reported to, you know, just beat up three, four guys, um, you know, in, in real, like, bar fights and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so just fucking badass. Um, Absolutely. Number two, and I think, and he was on a lot of people's, uh, Harley Race. Um, he's He's got to be on the list. And, and if you look at him, you go, I don't want to fuck with that guy. Um, he's he just like got that fucking hairy brick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's just one of those just legitimate, just fucking stocky brick shithouse motherfuckers. Um, and then a, a, a story I heard, like his WWE run wasn't all that phenomenal. Um uh, you know, like people that only watched him in WWE, that's where I was exposed to him. I'd heard of him, but I mean, I, you know, I was a kid. This is the uh, 80s, 90s, didn't have the right. internet. So, um, uh, so you know, I, I just, I, and I thought he was an old man. I thought he was in his 60s. He was like in his the late yeah. 30s then, but uh, he had like horrible stomach problems 
going through his WWE run, he was in excruciating pain, like all the fucking time. Yeah. But, you know, he was still putting on the matches that he could as best he could. But, um, but yeah, you know, going back and watching his old stuff and then hearing the stories about him, another just fucking tough guy. Um, my number three is Steve Blackman. Uh, he is somebody I wish got over. Uh, so you know, he's, what, uh, he, yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he had the charisma of you know, a, a box of rocks um, when it came to like mic work and stuff like that. But got in ring, he was he was great. He was martial artist, black belt, and I don't know, you know seven hundred different styles. Um, but uh, the one story that because JBL uh, used to taunt the shit out of Blackman because why not, you know? dude literally is a lethal weapon let's let's fuck with him and they were in an airport um and the baggage claim and jbl is fucking with him um and uh black man went to kick him but his foot got stuck in the uh luggage uh in the strap on a duffel bag so he couldn't you know he, he wasn't able to kick him and everybody said if he would have kicked jbl he would have killed him um it, you know uh so so he's he's my number three uh and he was on a couple of the twitter lists too yep. my number four may young um may young hell yeah the reason i put her out there go back i mean if you're listening to us i'm pretty sure you listen to busted open um <laughs> uh, uh they did their uh, mark henry and bully ray did their may young stories um and one of my favorites was when, you know, they uh, power bombed uh, or body, uh, Bully Ray body slammed Mae Young. And uh, he said he laid her down so gingerly and stuff, you know, she's in her 70s at the point at that time. And uh, they go in the back and she grabbed his wrist and yanked him around. She goes, if you're going to slam me, you slam me. And he's like, oh, yes, ma'am. Um, that and then the other story about her back in the, what, the 60s, maybe 50s in the locker room and some you know and this is uh not a time if you basically if you were not a white man um things were not easy for you uh you got harassed a lot you got you know picked on a lot you had right. you know you, you you had to change in the in the uh janitor's closet and stuff like that um and uh one of the wrestlers in the territory came up to me young and he's like hey i'll you know i got a private locker room for you yeah, bro hey are you coming with me and if you look at pictures of Mae Young, she was a fucking babe. I, oh, yeah. Hands down, she was gorgeous back in the day. Um, and uh, she she goes, oh, okay, hauls off and kicked the dude in the pills in front of all the boys. And, you know, they... She was made uh, from that point, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they pushed her up against the wall and stuff and, you know, roughed her up a little bit. But, I mean, to do that... To be in, you know, uh, a pit of vipers and grab a viper and basically bite his fucking head off in front of all the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. She's, whoo. So, yeah, that's yeah. an awesome yeah. one. I that, didn't even think that's about that, but that's an one. awesome one. That's an awesome one. Um, so, we have a couple of the same ones. So, obviously, Haku, I have to put Haku, Ming, whatever you want to call him. Um, the dude was an ox. He was a fucking ox. Uh, you know, like you said, you know, fucking nose biting, eye gouging, like he's just a wild mm -hmm. motherfucker. Um, he wasn't a very good grappler or wrestler necessarily, but he was just, he was just a fucking beast. Um, 
I'm also gonna have to throw in. See, there's so many of them, but uh, or, um, um, Bart Gunn, and oh yeah, because now this and this may be kind of a weak uh, reason to put him in there, but when it comes to one of the worst WWE uh, programming programs of all time, <laughs> the Brawl for All, uh, which if you haven't watched that Dark Side of the Ring, that episode's actually pretty interesting because all of the stories I've heard about that, they kind of actually, from his perspective, they were able to tell the story of how Dr. Steve, Dr. William Steve, Dr. Shit, Dr. Dr. Death, Death Steve, Steve Williams. Williams was actually supposed to win. He were mm-hmm. not supposed to win, but they were rooting for him to win uh this whole this shoot uh fighting boxing wrestling match uh tournament but and ultimately the crazy part was that bart gunn was able to knock all these motherfuckers out and the crazy part is that he wins and his his instead of getting the push he was supposed to get for it for winning they just fed him butterbean and Butterbean knocked his ass out in like three seconds. So hooray for him. But he was just, he was one of those dudes that, again, outside of the wrestling business, he was just a tough motherfucker. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. also going to have to put um, Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah. Mix, yeah. Even though I'll, I'll probably get shit because of the uh, the tough enough thing that happened. I forget the guy's name. That almost uh, Daniel happened. Pewter. Yeah, almost tapping him out. But I'll give that one a pass. But dude is, look, he... He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Okay. Broken freaking neck. It's so, true. Yeah. So he's a it bad motherfucker. True. And then I'm going to go ahead and go along, you know, right there with that. And it's going to piss a lot of people off. And I'm going to say it anyway. Fucking goddamn Brock Lesnar. I, I would not, yeah. I would fuck with him as less as a guy like uh, Harley Race. Like he, he's just a, like, what would I do? against Brock Lesnar. Not a fucking thing. I would hope I just make him laugh or be able to get out of his Not reach. Die. Right. So, um, and he's got the legitimate background to uh to go with it, you know. Same with guys like, you know, Ken Shamrock and fucking Luthez and you know, that Carl Gotch. There was a lot of those old school cats too that that are uh badasses. And then on Twitter, um we did have a lot of people who and thank you guys for chiming in on this. Uh, we had mm-hmm. Dio Supervato on Twitter said Ming, Foley, Sabu, and Vader. Vader's another one that's yeah. fucking big time. Our buddy, uh, good guy doof on Twitter, Mike. Uh, Stan Hansen, awesome. Terry Funk, awesome. Yeah. Mick Foley and Vader, yeah. awesome. Uh, I don't yeah. know that Mick Foley would necessarily be – I mean, I guess tough doesn't mean strong. He was a tough guy because he got his ass beat constantly and was he okay. Up with, yeah. Yeah, so – I and then uh, our buddy Dow – 69 uh mike he said ming fit finley awesome harley race yeah gerald briscoe there's another one that's actually pretty spot on and then i think we might have had a couple other ones let's see we also uh, had oh, brian uh b Sheck on twitter said haku steve blackman perry saturn and dan severin i don't want to talk about dan severin um, <laughs> my back still hurts if you if you don't know the story, I'll tell it some other time. I've told it before on uh, the uh, on the man and his podcast podcast. Uh, anyways, I have a history with Dan B. Severin, and I'm not fond of it. Uh, and then uh, yeah, so I think that was the end of our 
of our Twitter families uh, chime in on that one. So yeah, fucking legit tough guys in pro wrestling. All good, all good names on that list, sirs and ma'ams. Uh, so we've got about 10, 12 minutes for our main event here. Uh, so it's going to be a WWE finish um, for time constraints. But our, our main event today, we're going to go sideways in time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to jump on our time machine. We're going to go sideways in time, straight through uh, the, uh, the universe and all things uh, that we think we know. I don't. That seemed way deeper in my head before. I said we're, and we're also we're also going to go straight through what we vote, what you all voted on this week. We're throwing true. a curveball, um, and uh, you know, calling an audible uh, and changing it up. We will we will do those uh, uh, the ones the one that was voted on. We had another tie, um, so I think I'm, you know we should put up a poll of just the two, and it's just like okay, out of these two. Uh, um, so yeah, we're throwing a curveball. So what what are we doing this week, Luch? So as you voted this week, and actually, so we like he said we did one, and uh, but on Band from Ringside podcast this week uh, or last week's episode, they were talking about the uh, AEW partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation, um, which is super cool. If you haven't heard about it, super fucking quick. Uh, Owen Hart's wife decided to go ahead and um, partner up the Owen Hart Foundation uh, with AEW to make the Owen Hart, I think it's called the Owen Hart Cup. Uh, The tournament's going to be held annually and the winner will receive a trophy called the Owen. um, And it's still to be announced when everything is actually going to go into motion. There's also going to be official merchandise for Owen Hart through AEW and uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. He's also going to be a playable character in their upcoming AEW video game. So they're really, they're really, I think this is fucking awesome, especially since obviously his wife wants nothing to do with WWE. If you want a little bit more details on that, again, uh, Band from Ringside podcast on Twitter or anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Last week's episode, they talked about it quite extensively, but within that conversation, they had mentioned it might be a good uh, what if uh, segment for us. And we decided to go ahead and go with that. So we're going to go with, we're going to go sideways in time and talk about what if Owen Hart had never passed away. Um, and again, unfortunately, this time we're, we're not going to be able to talk about it as long as we probably would like to, because uh, I could talk about this forever. Uh, but Fucking extreme rules. Yeah, right. So, uh, again, initially, real quick, if you didn't know, if you're listening to this, you should know. But if you didn't know, Owen Hart died um, in 1999 at the age of 34 in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, at a pay-per-view where he was the blue blazer and he was coming down from the rafters, something happened to what he was attached to. It came loose and he tragically fell to his death. Um, and the show went on, which is part of what kind of led uh, his wife and family to completely separate themselves from the WWE as they pretty much without putting words in their mouth, uh, contribute his death to the WWE and their, inability to keep him safe on that spot um so yeah we're going to talk about what if owen hart never died um or at least not in that way uh i'll start out by saying that um obviously he would have held on to the wwe for a while he he obviously did once his brother brett left uh i don't know if wcw would have been in the cards for him 
I think he probably could have gone to WCW, but I also think that he had a really good, if I'm not mistaken, he had a pretty decent relationship with Vince, if I remember correctly. Um, and he had a very good rapport backstage. He was, he was like the, everybody's mm-hmm. little brother, you know, he was the king of the ribs aside from Mr. Perfect. Um, he was always ribbing everybody and being real, you know, he was just, apparently he was a, 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 a bright shining light in, in the locker room. Um, and so regardless of where he would have stayed between then and now, I think this tournament that they're doing would have happened anyway. I think that Owen Hart, even though his tragic, tragic passing kind of was the same as like a lot of the rock stars who died too young to where their legacy was blown up even bigger because of their death, because there was so much potential in their career. Uh, I still think he was one of the best wrestlers in the business in general at that age. Um, 34 is not super young in wrestling, but I still think he had plenty of time to go. Um, yeah, I think, I think ultimately the, the business would have been better altogether with, with Owen still being a part of it. I think he would have had, again, and I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I think he would have had a huge hand if NXT would have been a thing regardless uh i think he would have been a, a an enormous asset to the up-and-comers of the professional wrestling business um you know so uh what what are your thoughts i'll kind of chime in off of that uh i uh i don't know i don't know if like the owen cup would happen i think uh he would had he, he would have had some kind of you know just established legacy um uh you based on that but uh Based on his in-ring work, a lot of people say that he was in the ring. He was better than Brett, um, and uh, he finally got out of Brett's shadow, uh, which that was an amazing storyline. Um, uh, it was, you know, and then you know, and Brett went over to WCW. He had you know a great tag team with Jeff Jarrett that was so entertaining. Um, they were just so over the top assholes. Um, the whole slammy, you know, coming down with the slammy awards and stuff. Yep. Uh, but going down the road, um, you know, and the, the blue blazer thing about, you know, even he was like, who's the blue blazer, you know, uh, you know, just, he was so entertaining. He was, uh, you know, people talk about the total package. He was good on the mic. He was good. He had the intensity when he needed to be evil. He had the right. comical chops. He was he had um, the it factor. He was uh, uh, Kurt Angle. Uh, look at you know you look at Kurt Angle how he has you know on Monday you know I heard this on another podcast on Monday Kurt Angle could be funny and on Tuesday he could be serious and then right. on Wednesday he could, you know he could bring one of the tears things that made eyes. him so great. Yeah. Owen Hart had that before Kurt. Uh, Owen oh, Hart. He had and he had the in-ring ability. He uh, he was also, I mean, if you watch the old Blue Blazer stuff from like what the early '90s, um, he was he, he was a flyer. Yeah, he was technical. I mean, he you know, he he, he had pretty much wrestle all. any style. He was he was the yeah. ultimate yeah. wrestler. And I think um, that being said, he he moving on to the, into the future, whether he would have had any like major championship runs or extensive championship oh, he runs, he definitely would have. Whether it had been WCW or WWE is a whole other story. Um, but yeah, where where would it have taken the business had he stuck around? Uh, I think 
I, 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 it's kind of like with Ben Wong, with him working with the younger guys. I, you know, the well yeah, of knowledge. It, it, yeah, imagine if he was there to work with a Brock Lesnar, to work with a Kurt Angle, um, right. to work, you know, with uh, these other, you know, the other guys coming up at the time, um, or the other guys that were breaking out at that time, you know, to work with Cena, um, yeah, you know, man. just just to, because you know, those guys would learn in the ring during the match. You know, you'd have the veteran, you know, you you still have it today where the veterans are like, slow down do that, do that and stuff. And so he, his smarts would have made the product better. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and WWE, I feel like he was also, he was also, and I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but he, he was also no. kind of like embodied what that new school mentality of pro like backstage pro. Cause he mm-hmm. seemed like, and again, we didn't know him. We're, we're going based on everything we've learned over the years of, of learning about him and hearing this information, but he seemed like a genuine sweetheart, salt of the earth kind of guy. He was about the business and making the business a better place, whether it made him look like a goof or it made him look like a fucking champion. He was mm-hmm. always down to do what he needed to do to better the product or his brothers or sisters in the ring with him. Like, and that was a very rare quality to have apparently in that time period, especially after a lot of these newer stories keep popping up about how it was back in those days. He was, it's very rare to have a guy that's like that blow up to the caliber he did because Mm -hmm. usually the more of a piece of shit you were and the more cocky and arrogant and those types of things. So I feel like this movement of respectful wrestlers on a on a whole nother level would have would have been ushered in way sooner yeah I, yeah the locker room mentality would have i mean you know now they joke around oh they're playing video games well they're not fucking you know they're not doing, h-bombing each other and fucking yeah you know, yeah they're not getting drunk and stuff and popping pills um right yeah it, well, well the other thing that. about it you know yeah he was such a fucking uh family man too right exactly and, that's what know, i mean like, yeah like, i mean he was he was the guy from everything I've heard from everything I read. He was the guy that everybody wanted to be around. Exactly. He was the guy that just, you know, if you were having a bad day, you talked to Owen for a couple of minutes and, you know, you were, you were in better spirits. He just, he just had, he had so many it factors that like back in the day when I was watching him, you didn't realize now looking back, you know, uh, that, yeah, he would have made the culture of it better because he was in it for, you know, so long and it didn't affect him. Well, and ima- imagine, you know, imagine him currently say he would, he was still in the business. Imagine him at WWE, NXT, AEW, wherever, but imagine him in a high caliber producer role or, and, or like a booking role, like, mm-hmm. because that's another thing that was, that's kind not rarely talked about, but he was, he understood pro wrestling better than anyone. Like he understood the way the psych and it goes towards what you said with his psychology in wrestling was so good that he was able to jump in and out of character, depending on what he needed, he could mold to anything. And like, I think him being able to like dump that out onto the new school and the up and coming talent and older talent that's still working, like, and how to adjust to the new generation of the way the evolution of wrestling is like in my opinion Bret Hart and Bret Hart Owen Hart was the absolute evolution of what pro wrestling was becoming along with guys like Shawn Michaels and stuff like that because they weren't mm-hmm. the, the giants 
they were the psychology yeah. wrestlers. They were the ones making sure that everyone understood what was going on in the story being told because they were workers. You know, he worked his ass off and was still able to, to tell a story at the same time. Like, you know, he just, he was the creme de la creme of pro wrestling. Well, and uh, especially like, let's say he stayed in WWE, especially with how heavily scripted it is right. to have somebody um, like Owen who could give pointers on, okay, here's how to be serious. Here's how to be this. Here's a, this is what I do. This is what uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure they have acting coaches and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I would do stuff at, like stand-up comedy when I, when I was doing stand-up comedy a lot. I would talk to the newer guys and just be, okay, you know, hey, you said this. What if you reworded this? Right. What if you put a pause here? What if you did this? He already went through that stuff, so he knew that it's he just was like, active okay. when he was doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, so it's like, okay, didn't need to. He just know, wanted to. This, this is the facial expression you got to use, you know, okay. You know, Hey, you know, Oh, this is the promo you got to read. Okay. Well, why don't you put emphasis on this word? Why don't you right. know, he knew all that shit. I, I agree. He was just, he, he just had that natural. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so Brett, Brett rightfully. So is the, like the heart, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that, and that makes sense, but I think that would have changed. Mm -hmm. I'm, and not to say that Owen Hart isn't still in the conversation because he's always been in the conversation and he's not, it, no one's ever doubted Owen Hart's, you know, but I think because Brett, because eventually Brett went to WCW, Brett was underused. Brett ended up eventually having some health issues and then slowly just had to completely kind of peter out of wrestling altogether. And at this point, I think maybe he still has his toes dipped in it from time to time, but I think had Owen not passed, Owen Hart would have become the heart, you know, yeah. kind of like kind of, and this is a very weird uh, uh, way to connect it, but kind of like the Hardys where Jeff Hardy was known as the Hardy boy, you know, but eventually Matt, who was the underdog, who was the one that wasn't utilized as, as well in that whole broken universe thing. And, it, you know, into today they're used about as much the same on, on either show, but, you know, it was kind of that shift where, like, you know, creatively, Matt Hardy had it way more together than Jeff Hardy yeah. ever could have imagined, you know. Jeff and Hardy so, is still the Jeff Hardy of 98. Yeah. Sort of, you know, he just and, – and, and I'm not, not – I, I know I knock on Jeff Hardy, a current Jeff Hardy, quite a bit. And that's not what I meant by that. But it's just as far as Owen, if Owen was still around, I think he would have ultimately been the matriarch of the Hart family. Like, he – in pro wrestling terms – his name would be brought up more because I think he'd still be completely hands-on with trying to make sure the business turns into what it should turn into. And ultimately I think that's why Owen Hart, if he was still alive would be probably the saving grace of professional wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. Uh, yeah. Um, any, any closing thoughts on that? Uh, I, I will say this, like what, when, I, I loved Bret Hart when he was champ, but going back and watch and watching his matches, it was formulaic. Right. You know, you knew, you know, this happened and this happened and this happened. And you, Owen was, it was spontaneous. Just, yeah. Whereas Owen, Owen, Owen had more variety and stuff and, and he could beat you in different ways. Um, you know, he could pin you, he could submit you, he could you know, do whatever. Uh, but, uh, 
um, so yeah, I, I just from a skill like in ring work, uh, I think yeah, I agree with you that had Owen lived, um, and uh, you know the the legacy would be yeah we we would be talking about Owen Hart uh, a lot more than Brett, um, or at least in a in a much higher uh, yeah. And would it have changed Brett's? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, trajectory in WCW because 100%. after Owen died, after Owen died, I mean, you know, your little brother dies doing the sport you love, and you know, uh, yep. it, that had to break something in his brain that I totally you know, agree. You, you, you can't get, you know, you, you, you can't come back. I mean, there's some shit that just happens that you cannot come back from um ultimately if owen would have survived at least past the tragedy that happened um i think it would have made the business a better place altogether mm -hmm. just because he was so willing to just make the business better it's all he cared about like other than his family obviously but that was it was also a part of his family like it even even if he stayed in wwe um yeah for sure when all those yeah when, when people left to go to other companies, they would have had his influence on them. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, so, so yep. he would spread that to WCW or TNA or, you know, ring of honor or whatever. Um, I totally agree. And who knows that he wouldn't have been a, a crucial part of, in, in some of those as well. Like it's yeah, just, well, especially T, TNA. I mean, you and Jarrett were, you know, the, the, the brothers in arms. Imagine TNA's so. success had Owen been a part of its inception. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah mind-boggling what what could have happened you know but that's the beauty of sideways in time and the what if main event because we always uh we always bring out the what ifs and sometimes it's a little bittersweet like this one because although like when we did benoit he was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and would the business have been better with him in a in a, in a straight mind of course it would have but owen he's just like that yeah for me he's like that that my favorite uncle for you, he's like mm -hmm. your favorite old, little bit older brother, you know, like he, he just, you know, he, he's just that guy that like we can all kind of relate to. And I, I just want to hug the dude and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got, like, the guy Mick that Foley would... sweetness is I, I always kind of, you know, I felt like he'd be like a Mick Foley. He'd just be the he's sweetest a... old dude, you know, but yeah, so that's again, that's that's the beauty of why we do what we do here on Sideways in Time and the what he's, he's the dude that. uh if uh you know when you go to work and you look at the schedule and you're like oh fuck yeah i'm working with owen fuck exactly. yeah you know exactly. you know he he was that dude that you're excited to to be around and um, yeah but um so yeah yeah it, it, the, again it, it would have been it, the culture it, the culture uh, you know it, Benoit would have made the in-ring work better if he if he was around. Who knows uh, if, if Owen but, could have uh, actually helped, you know, Benoit through yeah, some things, yeah. you know? Um, well, yeah, they. I mean, you know, he did train at the dungeon, so. The domino effect um, of, of Owen's positivity and him being there yeah. would have just been. Uh, yeah, it, he would have he changed the – and I know a, a lot of episodes I say that we were, were 10 years behind. You know, if this happened, right. we'd be 10 years behind. We'd be, you know. I think we would be well ahead with his influence, so, you know, especially locker room influence and influence, you know, influence on the boys. Um, I, th I think that would have uh, that would have spread. And you know, like I was saying, because he was in the culture and it didn't affect him. Right. Um, he exactly. Was, he was the bright light. Yeah, he would have been yeah. a very positive influence on the on the future of the business uh, ultimately. So, 
so yeah, that was uh that was this week's what if segment. Uh, stay tuned on our Twitter account and on Facebook. We'll uh we'll put out. Actually, we'll probably do maybe the winner from what from that was supposed to be today next week. We'll see. We'll let you know we, on Twitter. We had uh, a tie, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put the two winners up. Okay, and we're gonna decide on that. Okay, yeah, and then we'll also put out a uh when we figure out our 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 next Mount Rushmore. Uh, we'll we'll throw that out there for you as well. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and jump into a few quick odds and ends because we're running out of time here. Um, but uh, real, real quick, I know a lot of people are kind of uh, dumping on the whole Keith Lee new nickname thing. And I did some research because I felt like there was probably more to it than than we knew. Because why would Keith Lee just out of nowhere come up with have some nickname instead of taking a name away? They gave him an extra name, which is not very WWE. Uh, and if you do a deep dive, uh, the Brown Bomber, Bearcat Wright, um, he was a big wrestler in the early 1960s. He was the first WWA World Heavyweight Champion, uh, or not the first, but he was the first African-American to win the championship in 1963. Um, and if you go into some of the testimonies of Bearcat Wright, he was just a beast. And he was very quick. He was very agile. So in all reality, he had a lot of the same qualities as Keith Lee. I will say somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was, uh, they did say that they would have preferred it to be Bearcat Keith Lee than Keith Bearcat Lee. Yeah, that flows that, better. It, it does, but, you know. So that was something quick I wanted to bring up. Just in case people were still wondering about why that happened, that's exactly why that happened. And I don't know if it was a WWE thing or if it was a Keith Lee thing. Either way, I'm for it at that point because it actually has a purpose. Um, I don't know how true this is, but it is a picture behind a live crowd from GCW. It was uh, something that popped up GCW lost. It was supposed to be the GCW championship, Moxley versus Nick Gage, but apparently Matt Cardona has been added to make it a triple threat match for the GCW World Championship. Uh, that's pretty cool. If uh, you guys haven't been paying attention, Matt Cardona just lost his internet championship to Effie, which again has been a fantastic fucking feud. Matt Cardona being this big time WWE guy who is now doing, he's found his mark doing this thing where he is that big time wrestling guy but now he's kind of like losing to all these indie guys in these big caliber matches. It's fucking beautiful. Like yeah. I, I have so much more respect for Matt Cardona than I, and I'm a big uh, major wrestling figure podcast guy. I love all of their content on, on YouTube. I think it, like he comes off kind of like a douche sometimes, but he's like a lovable douche, but I think his work in the indies right now is so fucking good. And the fact that he's added and this has become a triple threat match just is that much more intriguing because of that element of what's going to happen because Matt Cardona is a part of it. Uh, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. I think I, uh, I'm not exactly sure when that's supposed to air, um, but it is coming up soon. Also, real quick, uh, some wrestling news. So apparently uh, Eddie Kingston was supposed to wrestle a indie match for I think it was Defy Wrestling in Seattle. Um, but due to some kind of complications, he wasn't able to make it. And so Moxley just showed up and took his place in the match instead. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. He just like popped up out of nowhere. The <laughs> baddest motherfucker in pro wrestling appears and it, uh, it had to have been a, 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 a hardcore match. 
So that's pretty cool. So now this guy's just kind of taking on his tag team partner's fucking matches when he can't make it. So that's fun. Uh, also, they, we have new PWG tag team champions uh, in Malachi Black and Brody King. I am for this. They're calling it the Kings of the Black Throne. Uh, they're very. They should similar. just call it. They should just call it the Tattoo Flash Wall. <laughs> yeah, they're whatever. That's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, hey, good good on PWG. Uh, again, PWG being one of the one of the places that all these guys made a, you know, one of their early names for themselves and now PWG is finally starting to blow back up again after all, you know, all the shutdowns and everything. So, having uh, Brody King and Malachi Black as the PWG tag team champs is interesting and intriguing. We'll see if they mention anything about it on AEW. I kind of doubt it, but I also kind of don't being that how they are over there so that's super neat and then a couple of uh i wanted to go over a couple of shows coming up in the st louis and kansas city area uh wrestle max uh stl uh they've they've just announced their main event for episode six it's calvin Tankman versus suzuki obviously suzuki's in the united states for a couple minutes so he's in every promotion oh. on the planet and him versus Tankman is just meaty men slapping meat that's that's gonna be a badass match um it's at the afton elks lodge in st louis missouri uh there's also a special uh meet and greet with suzuki at 6 p.m doors are at 6 30 bell time is at 7 30 and you can get your tickets at ticketleap.com slash episode six um props louis- to suzuki for coming in and, and just everybody. doing all the all these indie shows yeah. huge props to him because that's bringing eyes to all we, we, we need shit like that you know you seeing the AEW guys to the impact guys and in, in indies being get somebody like suzuki who if you listen a couple of weeks ago you know i didn't know who the fuck he was yeah right but i, I know he's a you big fucking now. deal you know yeah you yeah do now. yeah yeah super cool super cool and again all he's doing is either bringing eyes to himself that weren't already on him or like you or he's bringing eyes to mm-hmm. products in the indies that most people may not have paid attention to because they're fans. Of oh players. yeah. Uh, St. Louis Anarchy also on October 22nd have, we all go a little mad sometimes. Uh, I'm not going to go over the entire card. Cause again, we're running out of time, but I'll just say it's fucking stacked. Uh, St. Louis Anarchy, obviously a close affiliate to Kansas city's journey pro. They were supposed to announce this week, their next show, but they're having some, uh, some technical difficulties so we should hear here really soon and then i also just wanted to real quick go over the next glory pro show which is going to be in st louis it's october 3rd for glory pro little ring of horrors i mean we've got again suzuki jake something davy richards danhausen effie warhorse uh ally catch jesus um mike outlaw uh, uh, it's been it? a fucking indie St. Louis show. Yeah, they they've never disappointed. Glory Pro. Oh my god, Glory Pro is fucking fantastic. So, anyways, like I said, uh, that is October the third in St. Louis, Missouri, and I believe you can get your good. Just go to uh, GloryPro.TicketLeap. I think is what it is, and you can get your tickets there. If you're anywhere near the St. Louis area, I highly recommend you check it out. Hey, everybody. I just ran out of breath almost saying all that so fast. Uh, on behalf of Sideways and Time, uh, also, hey, I just wanted to also mention real quick, check out our YouTube channel. We put our uncut video episodes up every week, uh, Sideways and Time Network on on uh, YouTube. 
You can also check us out on Twitter, obviously, at Podcast Kinda, at Lucha Chris TV, and at Gone Patrick. And there's, I'm sure, a few other things I'm missing. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? Uh, just keep your eyes peeled to Twitter and stuff because we are going to be uh, doing some other fun stuff. Yeah, uh, we do have something coming up here soon that might uh, really excite yes. you guys. In fact, uh, yeah, we will be making an announcement next week uh, about maybe, something. That... Maybe even uh, late this weekend. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, yeah, but, and then, you know, Chris and I, uh, sorry, Luch and I have been talking. Um, yeah, we're looking at, at doing some other fun stuff that we'll be, we'll be throwing up there. So turn your notifications on for YouTube and Spotify and, or wherever you get content. Yeah, to, so you can get the updates. Uh, I know Dalok does it. Uh, he sends he us screenshots. I got my notification. New new episode. Um, you all should be yeah, learning it, from from uh, Dog sixty nine on Twitter because he's the best listener of all time. I'll just put that out. Even when he says some yeah, shit that pisses it, us off, he's the best. <laughs> but yeah, and and then a shout out to yeah other listeners, uh, MD Punk, me Shank. Uh, yeah, it. The nice thing is we got we got we got some su- support around here. We uh, do. I looked on the analytics and I saw I'm from Indiana and I saw we had one listener in Indianapolis and nice. no listeners from South Bend, Indiana, where I'm from. So, <laughs> thanks, guys. You're you're keeping the streak alive about not supporting me, fuckers. <laughs> hey, we got we got. Tell plenty. me when your next show is right fucking now. The beautiful part is we've got a very small listener base so far, but those small listeners or small great. group They're of fun. listeners are fucking honed in. So, and it's a big part of the community with Band from Ringside. They're also kind of across, uh, uh, across uh, oh, oh, family oh. through that. Go ahead. BFR Bill almost gave me a shout out on last week's episode. <laughs> so he, close. He butchered, my, he butchered my fucking name, but but JCB got him. So so. He's, he also he's an asshole this week. He also mentioned somebody named Murray, man, and I think I've heard that name before, but I'm not really sure who. He's. I think uh, he meant Lucha Chris. I'm not sure. He's getting old, so Murray man sucks. He, I, I, it sounds like he probably would. What kind of name is that? So anyway, hey everybody. Curry <laughs> Or no, that's Shark Boy. Uh, for Sideways in Time, I'm your host Lucha Chris. Next to me here, my boy Patriot Pat, and uh, Patriot Pat. What should they do? Oh, Mark the fuck out. Later on, everybody. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening.